Welcome to the Be Here Now Network guest podcast. This series features talks from a myriad of modern spiritual teachers expanding on how we can all live a life in balance. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, please go to BeHereNowNetwork.com slash guest. I'm Bunny Michael, and this is Exo Higher Self, the podcast where you send me your questions and I help guide you to your higher self, the part of you that already has the answer. I am so honored that Exo Higher Self is a guest podcast on the Be Here Now Network, a community that has had a tremendous influence over my spiritual life and work and is doing so much to bring about more love and compassion for all beings and for the planet. Here at Exo Higher Self, every week listeners send in questions on a variety of issues they are struggling with, and I help guide listeners to the perspective of their higher self. As I'm sure many of you know, the concept of a higher self is not new. It's been used in many spiritual and religious traditions. To put it simply, it is your true self, the awareness of your wholeness. So much of our personal and collective suffering stems from living in a world that has conditioned us to believe in a hierarchy of human worth, that some people are more deserving than others due to their economic standing, racial privilege, productivity, standard of beauty, or any of these culturally enforced institutions with which for so many generations we have organized our society. In this podcast, I strive to remind the listeners of who they really are, to facilitate a space for unlearning these limiting beliefs, and connect to the truths that we all already know in our hearts. Everyone is worthy, everyone is whole, and everyone is deserving of love, safety, and abundance. For this guest episode, we Exo Higher Self have compiled some of our favorite listeners' questions over the three seasons we've been on air. So without further ado, let's get started with the first question. Welcome to Exo Higher Self. Hi, Bunny. My question has to do with figuring out how to move from concept into action. Um, I have had uh, emotional, psychological abuse in my past, and I've been in therapy for years trying to um, kind of untangle all of that. And I can understand at this point intellectually that I have more worth than the uh, situations and um, environments and relationships that I gravitate towards, yet I still keep gravitating towards those relationships. So, you know, I'm just trying to figure out how to go from recognizing the pattern to actually stopping it. Because for some reason, for me, there's a difference between understanding my worth and behaving in a way that affirms my worth. And I do tend to overthink in general and overprepare and have a tendency to perfectionism. So um, that probably doesn't help. But just wondering if you had any insight if, about how to, I guess it's probably fear of change and how to uh, move on from that fear. Thank you. 
It's wonderful to have the privilege of going to therapy and healing the things that have happened to us in our past. It's wonderful to be able to recognize why we have the patterns we have, the reasons we needed to adopt certain behaviors in order to survive our trauma. But we also have to know who we are beyond that story. Sometimes we get so identified with what happened to us that it's hard to see ourselves in any other light. The higher self perspective is the light of love within. It's the part of us that is untouched by what happens. It's in the realm of being. You can't grasp your self-worth simply by intellect because it doesn't live in the mind. It lives in the heart. I think there's a certain romance that we have with our pain. A lot of times we carry it around with us like a child carries a blankie. It gives us a sense of comfort because it's what we're used to. We wallow in it. We stay in bed with it. It holds us while we cry. Our pain is ours and no one else's. And in a fucked up way, our bouts of sadness is oftentimes the only me time we allow ourselves to have. It's the only time we get intimate with ourselves. So why would we want to give up that sense of self we've identified with for so long? And so we seek out relationships and situations where we can hold on to that feeling. It's not the harmful people that we're attracted to, although that happens a lot. It's the romance we have with our pain that seduces us. And even when we find a person who is willing to grow with us, we will unconsciously sabotage it so we can stay in that place. It's time you worked on your romance with your spirit, your higher self. In what ways besides therapy do you prioritize getting to know yourself beyond your past or your hopes for the future? How do you get to know the wholeness of who you are now? Because I can tell there's so much more for you to explore. And when you take the time to be intimate with yourself, to have that romance with the soul, to be seduced by your spirit, in whatever form speaks to you, you will feel your worth because you will be grounded in the wholeness of who you are. Put your hand on your heart right now, close your eyes, and repeat after me. I am more than my story. I am more than my fears. I am more than my mistakes. I am more than my anxiety. I am more than my relationships. I am more than my choices. I am the witness to it all. I am the sun, the moon, and the stars. I hold all the magic of the universe within me. I was created to experience my wholeness. I am loved. I love myself. Hi, Bunny. Um, so first of all, I just want to thank you uh, for this podcast and bringing this community community together. So my question is about a struggle I've been having for quite a bit now, and it's something I've been trying and trying to take care of, um, but. So for some reason, I have this fixation with being in a romantic relationship. Um, I've been in several in the past, mostly unhealthy ones, um, and I've had a habit of seeking validation through other people. And, you know, since 
over the years, I feel like I'm getting better in controlling that and have felt more in control with it. You know, and I've always thought that if I befriended or loved myself enough and connected enough to my higher self, I would get over this strong yearning and desire to have a relationship. And I've been wanting to accept that I'll create and develop a romantic relationship at the right time with the right person. And like, but like, you know, I meet people, I go on dates, or sometimes I've even, you know, catch myself, um, you know, stuck on unavailable people. And then I end up getting sad and upset with myself that nobody exists who's able to love me the way I want to be loved. And it makes me start to think negatively and compare myself to others. And for some reason, I have no idea how to give this type of love to myself or any idea how to satisfy this feeling. Now, it's really frustrating to me sometimes because I know it isn't productive. And I so badly don't want to get upset about being single. But I sometimes I just don't really know how to kind of shake this feeling away or bring myself to it um so any insight you have would be really greatly appreciated so thank you so much bonnie it's okay to want a romantic relationship it's okay to have that desire that goal but we have to distinguish between our wants and our needs because they don't always line up right it's a good thing we don't have control over our future because we actually have no idea what we need. We just know what we want most of the time. Our higher self is guiding us to the people, places, and things that will serve our evolution in consciousness. And by evolution in consciousness, I mean the journey to becoming more aware of our higher selves, the intelligence of love, the part of us that knows we are whole and connected to every living thing on the planet. Every relationship, every job, every stranger we meet, they're all our teachers to going deeper within us if we're willing to learn. And if we always got what we wanted when we wanted it, we would never be challenged and we would be stagnant in our spiritual growth. So this fixation you're having is showing you how attached your identity is to being partnered with another person. And that is a very important insight you're becoming more aware of. The only way to see our attachments is when they're taken away from us and we're left with this empty feeling and we're just obsessing over how to fulfill that sense of lack. I would argue that most of your suffering isn't from your desire to have a romantic partnership because you said yourself that most of your experiences were not healthy. It's from the need to be in the drama of a relationship because it's the drama of a relationship that is the most powerful distraction from facing our own stuff. And you have become so accustomed to the cycle of finding someone and then breaking up and then finding another person. The fixation isn't the other person that you're looking for, it's the distraction. The reason why I think this is because a healthy romantic relationship isn't going to fulfill that feeling of lack because it's actually 
going to challenge the same issues that you're facing now when you're single. It's going to force you to confront your attachments because in order to truly love someone, you have to commit to your own inner growth, become a safe space for their inner growth because the two of you have to grow together. You can't use them to fulfill a lack within yourself because they will inevitably disappoint you. And from what I'm hearing, it's been really hard for you so far to grow within the relationships you've been in in the past. And being single right now obviously is the best environment for you to finally learn how to enjoy your own company. So yeah, the universe is like, hey kid, we tried with this person and that person, it didn't work out. So now we're gonna give you some serious solo time because you can learn better in a one-on-one classroom setting. Think of this solo time not only as a way to get more intimate with yourself and nurture your heart, but it's also like a training for the relationship that you're hoping to have because honestly, you're gonna need it if you ever want the type of commitment that serves your higher self. In our culture, we put so much importance on finding a mate, like it's the end of our story. But our higher selves know there is no end to the story. We are on a continual journey to our self-awareness. Partnerships only bring more to the surface the issues we need to face, and we have the choice to keep ignoring them or take a hard look. Breakups are a change in learning approaches. That's it. That's all that's happening right now. Take advantage of it. Hi, Bunny. In a time where we're facing so many challenges as a society that require us to come together in order to protect each other, where something as simple as wearing a mask can keep people safe, and yet some are still unwilling to do, how do we deal with the lack of compassion of others in a way that doesn't negatively affect our own mental health. It's heartbreaking to see people have a seeming lack of care. But what we don't see is what's really going on in these people's lives. What led them to the point of throwing a fit in the grocery store over wearing a mask or promoting a conspiracy theory. We don't see how they feel about themselves how afraid they are. We don't see the manipulation they experience online, the lies, the indoctrination. We don't see the underlying mental health issues. What we see is an internet video of a stranger who appears to have no heart. And we are so shocked and disgusted by it. But when our world is organized on a principle of hierarchy, when the more you have, the more you are, it's no wonder people reach a point where their sense of self is dependent on needing to be better than other people. That's why we make enemies of each other, because I only know who I am compared to you. And then there are some people I feel less than, and there are some people I feel better than. We live in this world, in this prison of fear, desperate to find something to validate ourselves. We all do it to varying degrees, othering people, dehumanizing one another in order to defend our egos, our sense of self, because we've lost sight of who we truly are. Compassion for this struggle, compassion for this struggle that we all deal with on a daily basis doesn't excuse harmful behavior, but it shows us that there's a part of this in ourselves as well. These are not 
people who are monsters. These are people who have lost their way. The work we must do with the power of our higher selves is to be willing to see the world and everyone in it through that lens. It's like a bird's eye view, or you could say a higher consciousness view. And from that state of consciousness, we don't lose ourselves in the game of the ego, the game of the other, the game of the enemy. So yes, anger, sadness, frustration, all those feelings are valid, but not just because we we feel hurt, but because we know on a very deep level, the people who hurt other people are wounded themselves. And most of that is unconscious. What this world needs is healing and the work you are doing on yourself every day to heal your wounds is so important, not just to your life, but to what you put out in the world. We are all one consciousness and when you rise to uplift yourself, you are uplifting our shared frequency. So the next time you see something that is such an injustice, such a selfish act, have your anger have your sadness, but don't stay there forever. Your strength comes from a place beyond the consciousness of those people who are operating at that level. And that is the inner power you must tap into to sustain your work here. Hey, Bunny. Uh, My name's Emma. And on behalf of everyone listening, I know we are all so appreciative of the work that you do, that you all do behind the scenes of Exo Higher Self, but also for creating this platform for us all to be our raw and authentic selves. It's really inspiring to continue to be vulnerable with each other. And I just love this podcast for that. So thank you. Um, I wanted to ask you a question about trust and forgiveness specifically. Um, I found myself in a relationship where there was a significant breach of trust made by my partner. Um, We are in an ethical non-monogamous relationship, but for four months back in the winter, I didn't know about my partner's other partner. And they actually ended up lying to me to my face when I found out from a third party about my partner's other partner when I asked them about it. So we did have a really long, hard, but good conversation about this breach of trust. And it did lead me to understand why my partner did the things that they did, even though those actions are really not excusable in the end. But it allowed me to understand better. And I know that forgiveness is a powerful tool, but I would really love to know your thoughts on forgiveness and how you can build back trust or when to realize it's the right time to walk away. I find myself constantly in the position of getting hurt more than I need to because I forgive easily and I want to see the best in people, but that doesn't always work out. And I don't want to become closed off to people, but I also want to know when to protect myself from negative people and situations. Um, I would love to hear what you think. Thanks again, Bunny. I think a lot of people confuse forgiveness with accepting behavior or saying whatever that person did is okay with them. And that's why people associate forgiveness with weakness. But forgiveness is a willingness to see whatever that person did from a place of compassion. In other words, from the perspective of higher self. And what does higher self see? Higher self sees that people treat people the way they feel about themselves. 
It takes confidence to be vulnerable and honest and communicate your needs truthfully. It takes self-compassion to have compassion for other people. Higher self is the vision to see the truth of a situation. And the truth is that every conflict comes from a lack of love. Whether that's internally or externally, conscious or unconscious, in that moment when they're making that choice, they are unwilling or unable due to lack of awareness to take the higher road and be honest. But even when you do forgive someone, it doesn't mean that you have to stick around in the relationship. It doesn't mean staying will even be helpful because you can't control where people are in their journey and the loving thing to do very often is walking away. Not only because you love yourself enough to know that you deserve better, but sometimes staying just enables the other person. It depends on the situation, which you know your situation better than me. You said you had a good understanding of why your partner made that choice and I'm glad to hear the two of you are communicating on that deeper level and your partner is taking responsibility and you realize it didn't happen because you weren't enough. One thing that really stuck out to me in your question was you said you often get hurt because you forgive a lot and want to see the best in people. Well, seeing the best in people doesn't necessarily mean that They see the best in themselves all the time, just like sometimes you consciously make choices from your higher self and sometimes you don't. And seeing the best in people also means seeing the best in yourself and making choices that come from a place of self-respect. If you look back, most often there are red flags or little intuitions that you ignored or tiny little self-sacrifices in a relationship dynamic before a larger betrayal. In terms of your relationship now, I can't really answer that question for you whether you should stay or not because although it would be ideal that you totally let go of your anger and were an enlightened higher self 24 hours of the day, it's also totally okay if you're just not able to let it go right now or feel like you can't get that sense of trust back. Forgiveness and getting back to a place of trust take healing and healing takes time. And sometimes that's really hard to do when you haven't taken some space to process your experience on your own terms. Because what happens a lot is the relationship stays focused on them. How are they behaving now? Are they working on themselves? Are they telling the truth? Are they really sorry? Can I see that they've changed? And it's no wonder you still don't feel empowered because they seem to still hold all the keys in the situation. The betrayal made you feel unseen and now that you're so focused and worried about them making the same mistake again, you still feel unseen. Taking this experience seriously, not in terms of letting it overwhelm you, but giving it enough importance to see that it's going to require a refocus on you. At this time, what can you do to feel more empowered in yourself to help heal that wound? Empowerment comes from spending some quality time in self-care and focusing on your needs and prioritizing yourself so you can process, repair, and mend your hurt. Your partner has their own work to do too. So perhaps the question is, do you feel like you can focus on your own healing and stay in the relationship simultaneously? Because until you focus on your healing, whether you stay with them or not, you will continue to carry those wounds with you even to another relationship and unconsciously become distrustful of any other future partner regardless if they deserve it or not. So that's something that you should think about. Hi, Bunny. Um, I really appreciate your podcast. So I thought I could 
ask a question. <laughs> Hopefully you have an answer. Um, so I've been dealing with, um, I have like a history of like being bullied, um, in my appearance and, uh, that's been playing like a kind of critical role in like my overall social anxiety and, um, I guess, um, what I'm asking is, even today, even though, uh, in the past, it, uh, all the bullying mostly happened in my childhood, um, even today, I still sort of, like, run into, um, others who are, like, very critical of my appearance, um, and maybe will, like, harass me in the street, or, like, talk about, like, ugly, or, like, how I've, like, gained weight, and, um, a lot of things, and it's, been really hard not to take it personal uh, um, intellectually I know like um, people are just projecting their own insecurities on to me but um, I still don't really know how not to make that impact how I feel about myself so I was just wondering if you had any advice about that um, thank you when you're someone who looks different than what eugenics-based Eurocentric beauty and gender standards have imposed on us, whether that's through your skin color, body shape, disability, facial symmetry, your existence is actually threatening that entire belief system. Because the people who are most conditioned to need to fit into that belief system see you out here shining your light and a part of them glimpses what real beauty is. It's not what they thought. It's not what they've been ingrained to believe in. Here you are living your life unapologetically beautiful. And people don't want to feel like they've been duped. They don't want to feel like they are mentally conditioned. So they lash out. The more comfortable you are with yourself, the more uncomfortable they are with themselves. Because you contradict what they've been made to believe. They don't yet realize how much you are healing them. I can tell you already know it has everything to do with them, but that doesn't mean it still doesn't hurt. That doesn't make it easier in the moment. It's fucked up and it's hurtful. So how do we cope with these painful experiences? Higher self is like a love warrior, an armor of power, a bubble of love's protection. Your power is indestructible, and the more you remind yourself of that, the faster you can brush off whatever projections come at you, whether it's criticism or any other pointless conflicts. So what does your armor look like? What's in your higher self toolbox? There are things you can use to help support you in your most vulnerable moments. Is it body positivity mantras, inspiring social media accounts, friends you can reach out to, groups, therapy groups, an artistic practice, writing poetry, journaling about your experience? What are more undiscovered practices you can look into to help you get to that place of joy, that safe space? I strongly believe we're all here for a higher purpose. And sometimes that purpose is hard to bear. It's hard to have to be the stronger one, the teacher, the one whose own struggles have made you more enlightened and conscious. That's not always easy to hold. 
Being special in that way can sometimes make you feel like an outcast. But the truth is, you're not alone. There's so many of us out here, including me. And anytime you need a reminder to how truly beautiful you are, you can always reach out to me. Hi, Bunny. First, I want to say thank you. Your voice and podcast has given me icebreaker questions to get to know myself better and have been a strong reminder to put myself first. My question is, how can I work through others' perceptions of me and my personality? I've gotten comments recently and opinions of my personality that have been frustrating from coworkers and my parents. Comments such as, I'm too quiet, I'm too sensitive, basically insinuating that I'm this very delicate person with nothing to say and I feel like my tenderness and empathy is seen as weakness. And it's it's really frustrating. If you have any advice for me, I would really appreciate it. Thank you. My mom used to introduce me as her sensitive child when I was little, and I hated it. But I was extremely sensitive. I used to cry if my sister got punished for being mean to me. I needed so much attention, and I still do. It took me a really long time to realize that my sensitivity was actually one of my greatest gifts. Our parents think they know what's best for us, so sometimes they believe their criticism will make us stronger, when most of the time, it just hurts our feelings. But we're adults right now, right? Our parents are just other people with their own opinions. And so are our coworkers, just other people who are on their own journey of self-awareness and self-love and just doing the best that they can. You know why tenderness is seen as a weakness? Because we live in a patriarchy and toxic masculinity is based in dominance. If everyone openly shared their feelings in a safe environment, you know what would happen? People would begin to understand that power doesn't come from domination. It comes from realizing we're all worthy. And so the patriarchy does a very good job at keeping that wisdom, that tenderness, as much in the shadows as possible. Otherwise, the whole system falls apart. The important thing is to not take this too personally. It actually has very little to do with you, but you can use this as an opportunity to set example as someone who is proud of their introverted nature, their tenderness, and their sensitive side. The more you accept yourself, the less you will let other people determine the state of your consciousness. But I wouldn't shy away from letting them know how those comments are making you feel. What if the next time someone said you're too sensitive, you were like, my sensitivity is one of my favorite things about myself because it's so freeing to not be afraid of my own feelings. Or if someone says you're too quiet, you could say, I'm just an introverted person and I really like to listen. We can't control what other people think about us, but we can control how we treat ourselves. Your sensitivity is radical. It's revolutionary and it's important. You are sweet and special and perfect, just how you are. Don't forget that. Hi, Bunny. Um, my name is Loan, and um, I'm sorry if my English is not 
perfect. I hope you all are gonna understand me well. Um, yeah, first of all, thank you a lot for what you're doing. It's helping me a lot. And yeah, I wanted to ask you if you had anything to say to help me manage to like embrace chaos. What do I mean about embracing chaos is like, I think we live um, in times of an uncertainty and I feel that chaos that surround me and the chaos that comes within me and I feel like I want to embrace it but at the same time I can't, um, like I, I keep wanting to control and I keep on disliking things that I do. I keep on judging myself while I create, like while, while I'm drawing, for example, or, yeah. And I think it is keeping me away from freedom, keeping me away from free expression without self-destruction. And sometimes I feel like I'm destructing um, any of my idea from the root itself, any of my creative idea, um, I judge the root and if I dislike it, I cut it. I don't even let anything grow. I feel like my inner garden is dying and sometimes I'm asking if I'm not punishing myself. A part of me thinks it's because new things will grow in my inner garden and maybe they need place. I've heard before that sometimes you need to like die to reborn yourself in a way, maybe reborn in a new version or something, but I don't know, I kind of like don't believe in this thought anymore. I kind of I don't wanna say that I'm losing oop but yeah. That's pretty much it. Um, thank you for listening to me and I wish you all a lot of sunlight, a lot of sunshine, inner sunshine. Thank you. You know, a sure sign that you're on the verge of a breakthrough is feeling scared as hell. And I think we're all on a collective level living in a time where we're on the this precipice of awakening a dimension in us that is unknown territory. If you look at what's going on in the world, all the chaos, all the disorder, it seems like all the things we used to feel were secure, the institutions, even if we didn't like them, we still perceive them as stable. And now everything from our jobs to our political system seems to be dismantling. And the future is so unknown right now, we're all experiencing a lot of anxiety. But there's a deeper part of us that knows in order to build something that truly represents us, we have to tear down the old structures. There's a death that happens to make room for a new age. And we experience this both in the personal and collective because there's actually no separation from personal to the collective when we acknowledge we are one consciousness evolving as a whole. Making art is an intuitive practice. When you make yourself available to creative inspiration, you become a channel. You are channeling information from beyond the physical realm. And as it moves through you, it takes physical form based on your unique qualities. 
That's what self-expression is. It's divine inspiration interpreted through the self. Sometimes this process is peaceful and enjoyable, and sometimes it's really challenging because you are standing in front of a door that when it's open, you have to relinquish control. You have to surrender to the cosmic information that yearns to move through you. You have to let go. That is why I say everyone is an artist, but not everyone is willing to practice. I'm sensing that you're feeling overwhelmed by your own power at the moment. You are tapped into the energy of the world that wants to be expressed through you. And it's feeling a bit suffocating and you're judging your ability and having a hard time trusting that it's safe to go there. Our culture teaches us that safety comes from predictability and structure. But if we look at nature, there's so much chaos and unpredictability. On the quantum level, there is no predictable pattern and that is actually our true nature. Fear is very powerful and it's okay to feel fearful right now. But rather than letting it overpower you, I would just get curious about it. What is it teaching you about where you perceive your own limitations? What assumptions is it making? What walls is it creating between you and your own joy and purpose? How is it blinding you to your own gifts? Are you actually unsafe or just entering a new stage of your own growth? Remember, there is no rush. Don't judge your pace. The more you let go of how you're supposed to be feeling, the sooner you will move through whatever feelings are inhibiting you. Hi, Bunny. I have a friend who's in a long-distance relationship, but they've never met in person. There's some major red flags, and I'm not sure how to best support my friend. Um, I obviously want to be there for her, but at the same time, I've seen other friends try to approach her about it, and she's really shut them off. How do I be a good friend, but at the same time respect her boundaries? Thanks. If you're concerned for the well-being of your friend, then sharing those concerns is an act of love. And there are ways of doing it without crossing a boundary. Love is the ultimate indicator of a boundary because boundaries are created to maintain safe spaces. So when you approach a conversation from a place of love and non-judgment, i.e. from the perspective of your higher self, you're creating a safe space for honesty, compassion, and care. You're creating a space for your friends to voice their true feelings and also for you to voice your true feelings. This isn't an issue of right and wrong. This isn't about convincing your friend to see what you see. It's sharing your perspective. Communication happens when both people share and are heard. The moment you enter an I'm right and you're wrong mentality is the moment when the safe space is broken. And that's when people feel judged and attacked and feel like their boundaries are being violated. So as you approach this conversation, you must try your best to be mindful of your own judgments and assumptions. As much as you might want to believe it, the fact is you don't know what's best for her. You know what's best for you based on your experiences. The only way to support your friend is to love and support her and listen to her because that is the environment that will help her tap into the wisdom of her higher self the part of her that knows what's best for her. 
But the only way to support her to getting to her higher self is for you to stay in the consciousness of your higher self. That's the only way you can approach this conversation in order for it to evolve in the most loving conclusion. If for some reason the communication isn't going well, I would take a step back and just let her know that you're there for her if she ever needs you. That way, if later on down the line she is struggling in a bad situation, she has a safe space to go. The worst scenario is when a person becomes so isolated from their support system outside of a relationship, they can't see their way out and lose sight of how many people care about them. So just do your best and stay in the place of love and compassion. And that is all you can really do. Hi, buddy. I was calling because I've recently been trying to really focus on myself and grow. I've, during the quarantine and pandemic and when this all started for me back in March, I just kind of let myself deteriorate at a much higher pace than I I should have. And I'm trying not to beat myself up over the way I did handle something because it's handled and I need to move forward. And I've been having these outbreaks of emotion just overwhelming me. And it's like it sweeps me out from under my feet and I can't control myself very well. And I, I hurt people for it, not, not physically, but I, I say mean things when I'm like that and it's gotten kind of worse and my partner um, wants me to focus on myself so we've taken a step back from our relationship and I just wanted to know if you have advice on focusing on yourself and being more open to just being friends with someone you love so much, but you, you've loved them not just as a best friend, but in a romantic sense for two years now. And I do want to keep her in my life as my friend, and we both love each other very much. So it's just, I, I've never broken up while still being in love. So I wanted to know if you had advice. Thank you. Hey, love. It sounds like to me you need more outside support. Everything that's been going on has left us confused, angry, and traumatized. It's put pressure on our relationships and our careers. The fact that you've been struggling is not you deteriorating. It's you being incredibly triggered and needing some new strategies to handle your emotions and finding safe ways to soothe. What happened in the past, you cannot change, but our past experiences don't define us. You are not imprisoned by any mistakes you might have made. In fact, it's really important to begin to understand how in those moments of fear and anger, you can make a more self-compassionate choice. Because life is full of ups and downs, and all of us have to take responsibility for our own self-care in order to sustain the road ahead. This is an opportunity for more insight and more growth. Have you considered therapy or counseling? The cool thing about therapy these days is now that it's over video chat or text, you can have a much larger pool of therapists to choose from because they can basically live anywhere. They don't have to be local. And I know some friends who've started the text service therapy that's more affordable and actually like it a lot. 
It sounds like to me that your partner cares a great deal for you and you care a great deal for your partner. And your partner wants you to focus on yourself right now because you've neglected your own needs and your own healing. There's a lot of love there and that is so special. But we can't be there for other people in a healthy way if we're not taking care of ourselves. The part of you that wants to beat yourself up now over your mistakes is the same part of you that makes you vulnerable to hurting others because it comes from a place of not being grounded in your true self, your higher self, the realization that you are whole and enough right now. And I mean that right now, not after you get therapy, not after you get your partner back. I'm saying you're enough in this moment and you always have been. When you prioritize giving yourself support systems to help you remember that truth, you're empowered. It's like remembering to bring your armor with you. You are always held in love. Even in the moments you're most afraid, love is always there and always will be. Hi, Bunny. Thanks for all the kindness you bring into the world. It means a lot to a lot of us. Um, I wanted to ask about something that has been a struggle for me for a long time, and that is I get really caught up in the stories of of people suffering, like who I see on the street or who you know I read a terrible headline about and I I think my empathy can sometimes be a little overwhelming and I I feel so bad for the suffering of so many people and I I don't really know how to cope with that and like to 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 care in a healthy way where I'm not like absorbing it too much in myself if that makes sense like it it affects me a lot to see how much suffering there is happening in the world. And yeah, if you have any tips on how to manage that, it would help. It's so difficult to see other people suffering because on the level of spirit, on the level of our higher selves, we are all connected. We are all one, one consciousness. So when we see others in pain, a part of us is also in pain. There are all different types of suffering. Sometimes we suffer because we feel like we're not good enough at our job or we're in a bad mood. Sometimes we suffer because our relationships ended or maybe we don't like the way we look. Sometimes we suffer from illness or loss or physical pain or violence. There is suffering that is self-inflicted and there's suffering that is inflicted on other people by people who are also suffering and feel that hurting others can alleviate some of their own pain. It seems like we're in a constant flux of suffering and not suffering at times in our life and sometimes it can change from day to day or from one moment to the next. Suffering is part of the human experience and it is a teacher to who we are and why we are here. Our higher selves know that we are here for one purpose, to bring more love to this world. 
Love heals suffering because love sees that there is nothing lacking from any one of us. And from this knowing of our wholeness, we do not feel the need to harm ourselves or other people. Love heals suffering, not because it completely alleviates it, because it gives it meaning. Love uses it as a teacher to bring us closer to our higher selves. As we nurture that connection, we begin to see how unnecessary so much suffering is, both in our self-inflicted suffering and in the great suffering of the collective experience. Every one of us is on a journey to heal our own pain, and in that process, we see the pain we blindly inflict on others. We see how war and famine and hatred and violence all stem from wounds that have not been healed, and so the cycle of suffering continues. What we can do is show up for our higher purpose by using who we are and our experiences to heal ourselves and be a healing force in the world. We all have a role to play. So how do we keep showing up for love when it's so easy to get overwhelmed by the immense amount of work there is to do and the pain that we see all over our planet? The thing is, we have to nurture our environments to be conducive to our own healing work. That means understanding what boundaries you need to stay in the awareness of your higher self. If you're feeling overwhelmed and paralyzed by the news, it's time to turn the news off. Not because you don't care, but because you care so much that you want to protect your emotional and mental health in order to do your part. If you read the news the first thing after you wake up in the morning, it's going to have a different effect than if you read the news after you've meditated in the morning and centered yourself in love. Because it's our higher selves that sustain us in knowing change is possible and hope is the only way forward. Because of technology and our phones, we can see the suffering from all over the planet in one click. There's a lot of benefit to that because people are finally seeing the consequences of injustice. But all the good people do all over the world doesn't make the news. If we saw all the kindness and caring as much as the suffering, we would all have a lot more hope. That's why it's so important to surround yourself with the things that also inspire you to see the best in people even when they can't. This is the love of higher self. It's the vision of compassion. It's the vision to see other people's higher selves even when they are acting unconsciously. Because pessimism never helped anyone. Cynicism is a recipe for the past repeating itself. We create our future. So do what you need to do to take care of yourself enough to channel your creative, loving spirit. Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey, with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari. 